and your parents and guilt and stuff like that. And that's the intro to the podcast. People are like, I don't know. This is- that kind of feels like the theme of this podcast in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> you joke that my mom kind of pays you to podcast with me as a weird form of therapy. And like, that would be what we just did for the last 10 minutes. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like I'm trying to sneak in more and more. Uh, tell me about your feelings. Wait until like one of my answers one time. Is, <laughs> one of these times is going to be like, well, how does that make you feel? Mm. That's very frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Just like, what if yeah. I was just like furry? You're like, what? I'm like, it makes me feel furry. And you're like, okay, I'm not equipped <laughs> to handle it. Mikey, you got to go see a real therapist now. And welcome to the Retrograde Podcast, where we remind you what you used to love and whether or not you still should. I'm Andrew Bascom. And I am Mikey A. Rarenworth. Why is that? Rare. Rare. Because oh, rare. The company that saying, made the game we're going to be talking about yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you said error. And I'm like, oh, I did. Is that like a computer thing? Because of like oh, uh, the laptop well, gun? Or? I could have been Air Jordan and Worth. Air Jordan. Oh, yeah. Air Jordan Aaron I, There is some like Michael Jordan uh, like basketball games that now I'm thinking I'm like, oh, wait, we should we should really play one of those. I, I remember Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird was a game. Um, well, I think that was, that was Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I don't know. I forget. All those great players. Like that, though. And I know that Michael Jordan was super, super into, was it NBA Street 1, possibly, or 2? One of the NBA Street games was like, he was all about that game. Number 2? Yeah, I think I think it's number two because there was a, there was a very specific moment where he started licensing him, licensing himself again, and volume uh, volume two uh, NBA Street is a really big one. And then I remember there was an NBA two K where it was like, "We got him! Here's right. Michael Jordan!" Right, and right, right. Um, you know, so yeah, I think there was obviously something very clear that uh, decided or his team decided because God knows he doesn't fucking care. So, um, you know, you so think- yeah, that. How much of a hand do you think he had? And obviously we're talking about Michael Jordan because uh, in the zeitgeist right now, we mm. have uh, The Last Dance, which just wrapped up uh, about a week ago as, as of the time you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, and it mm-hmm. was seen to fairly high acclaim as far as I can tell. Uh, I know you and I both watched it as well, Andrew. Um, what are your overall uh, impressions? Yeah. It kind of goes hand in hand. We're nerds about a lot of things. Some of the, sometimes it's video games, sometimes it's sports. Guys, sometimes we're jocks. Sometimes yeah. we beat each other up yeah. because we're we sport both the jock and the nerd. Yeah. yeah, I beat myself up. Wink. And, uh, mm. and you know, I, I, you know what's funny? I it's obviously more than anything. I think people are really appreciative of ESPN and Jason Air, the director, for doing this. Uh, because, you know, there is no content on, there's no sports on right now. And it kind of scratches an itch that, that so many people have right now to have appointment viewing television. And since, since television in a long way, doesn't really have appointment viewing anymore, because a lot of it just is beamed into our houses and watch all 10 episodes. It was kind of fun to have something that you could set an appointment to watch, you know, follow on Twitter and watch after shows and listen to podcasts about. And, um, I just, you know, there's not many times in my life where I've thanked ESPN because I think, you know, holy sometimes they make really wrong decisions but man <laughs> i i was like thank god they gave this to us like it's crazy jason air the the director was editing episode 10 the saturday before it aired so eight days before it aired like the, that's, eight days before that episode aired yes oh jesus yes Christ. the before the final episode like it's just like that kind of stuff where it's like 
thank you for doing that. Thank you for your service. You know, I feel like, I feel like the same way I want to thank the grocery guy for like, like, thank yeah. you very much for showing up to work today. It's like, thank you, Jason Aaron, for like, just very much like shunning your family and like uh, locking yourself in a basement. Well, I mean, that could have been because, well, I'm assuming it definitely is because that this show was supposed to come out like months from now, right? Like, uh, ju- not- uh, yeah, June, July. Yeah. It would be different if, if we were like, yeah, he was editing eight days before the final or eight hours, whatever it was before the final episode was released. And you're like, wow, was it pushed up? No, he's just a lazy son of a bitch. (laughs) He was going to do do that no matter when it came out. Um, It could have come out in 2022. That's what he's going to do. You know, obviously like I I think you and I watch a lot of documentaries and I I think considering how many documentaries are now more vogue than they have been in the past. And I think with the rise of true crime and uh, uh, Netflix has done a really good job of just making sure there are more documentaries, whether they're good or not, that's up to you. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think there's a lot of really shitty ones out there, but, and it makes you really, you know, recognize the really special ones. I think last dance is really good. Yeah. It, but when we start going into like, Oh, that's the best documentary I've ever seen and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, well, well, okay. No, no. But I had a ton of fun watching it. It was really good. It's kind of like one of those things where like, I don't want to be a wet blanket for everyone. Cause everyone's really excited about it. But it's uh, so like it's like me with the crowd going like yeah that was so good that was so good and they're like that's the best movie ever and you're like well okay wait no <laughs> no and I find myself sliding to the other side you know dude that was um, me that was me with Joker it was the same thing where I was like this is a really good yeah. movie I'm really enjoying this movie and they're like it's the best movie ever fuck everyone who disagrees <laughs> yeah. and I'm like okay can I not fall somewhere in the middle here I don't think I need to be on one side or the other but I I, I like what you're saying there it's interesting because we talked about the last dance as well a couple weeks ago I think two weeks ago on, mm-hmm. on the podcast and you said the same thing where you're like it's really good but it's not the best documentary of all time and it's kind of frustrating that that needs to be uh, a caveat like a little asterisk on that on that note it's like yeah. nothing has to be the best thing of all time for it to be very good but it seems like if you're not talking about the best thing that's ever been released, it's not worth talking about anymore. Yeah. And I think that's sports bleeding into movies. And obviously this is a docu-series about sports. So a lot of sports people have a lot of opinions on this. And especially- By the way, that's how, that's how uh, 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 sports aids started. Was was a- Really? Uh, yeah. Sports people bled into movie people. It's honestly, it, it's tragic. And I think we're, we're maybe coming to terms with it. We know a lot more about the yeah. sports aid yeah. disease, but, it's, but it's, it's unfortunate the way it's it tragic. started. I think I went to sports aids to get some tensor bandages once, but yeah, you know, and so like, obviously Michael Jordan is surrounding the debate of like, who's the greatest of all time. Cause certain people believe it's LeBron James and certain people believe it's Michael Jordan. Um, the answer is I don't care, but uh, I think, but the problem is you take that argument and now it's into TV and movies or entertainment or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so people are like, this is the best. And you're like, what? Like, I've never had this debate with like, I've left a movie and gone, that's the best movie. And someone's like, that's not the best movie. You know, like no one does that. They'll do top tens. They'll do obviously awards. And that's a fun thing to have every year. But you don't do these like overall good, bad, and you're black or white. You're either zero or you're a hundred and you can't be anywhere in between. Yeah, it's it's weird, and it goes to that like we talk about in video games as well. How how it's it's almost required in certain games to do what's called min maxing of like it's it's like zero. Of yeah. the, the the way the where where min maxing comes from as a, as a term is if you're in an RPG, you put absolutely zero into the the characteristics that you don't want anything to do with, and really pump up the ones you do. You don't kind of like play it for for like to get a feel for it. It's consciously about knowing that you're spending 
the least amount possible on what's not going to matter and the most amount possible on what you think will matter. And that's now come to how we have conversations about these things where it's like, I don't want to have anything to do with anything that isn't the absolute best. So when we're yeah. talking about something that's good, I need to convince you. And I think by proxy, they're really convincing their, themselves that what they've just watched Absolutely. is the best thing ever. Yeah, they want to kind of justify that. Like people want to be in the know and going like, you know, I've seen this really cool thing. That's the best thing of all time. Yeah, stand yeah, out yeah. there and have a, you know, social media rewards these people, right? And like that, and I'm not saying that like as a, <laughs> as like a really fault, but that really algorithmically it works really well to just stand out there and get the most traction on both sides. It's kind of like how Vegas sets out a, a line for a sporting event. They're not right. trying to set out what they think is going to happen. They're trying to set out where you get the most money on both sides. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. You know, I think the only thing I want to talk about just before we put Jordan to bed and, and, and again, thank you for putting it out there. It's really great. And I will say, I I, got to interrupt you for a second. If you were putting Jordan to bed, what Uh nursery rhyme would you sing him? Uh, I, I would, I would, you know what the thing is, the most reoccurring thing from this docuseries has been how he crafts narratives, how people have slighted him. Right. Yes. And so I would have to avoid a lot of bedtime stories in which people are vengefully taking out things on other people or yes. slighting each other. So yeah. like, you know, the, 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 the spoon running away with the moon and stuff like that. No, can't because he'll be like, why am I not running away with the moon? Yeah. Why am I not? That, moon that spoon is me. really sexy. Yeah. I can jump over can't. the moon. I could the cat can jump over the moon. I can jump over the yeah. moon. Watch me. I'll do it right now. One I'm fish, two fish, blue fish. I'll dunk on that fish and get 63 points <laughs> in Madison square garden. Whoa. No, Michael, you got to sleep, buddy. <laughs> um also the color of his eyes makes me think he sleeps with uh four cigars on the go and three bottles of tequila in his system at any those eyes are more red now than Uh, his chicago bulls jersey they (laughs) it's like it's like he he would be happy if he had jaundice like i don't know what that is what's going on there is there a medicine doctor is there a medicine doctor in the room he looks is there a medicine is there a medicine doctor is there Guys, any I need a medicine doctor um, you know, stat. And I don't know what stat means. Maybe a medicine doctor can tell me. Stat, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, you know it's, it's so funny that he looks the same, yet just bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he hasn't gained a ton of weight. He obviously has been bald his whole life, so you don't really recognize that. And he's got more money than any athlete of all time. And yet you're just kind of like, why does he look bad? Like, why does he look sad? So yeah. the one, the one thing I do want to say is this, so this is the kind of getting back to my point is that, you know, it ends on this really beautiful Pearl jam, you know, Pearl jam, Chicago makes sense. And song and all the people kind of giving their last words about how they all threw poems into a fire. And that was them saying goodbye to the team and all this kind of stuff. And, and there is, you know, there is a, a sense of completion for a lot of these guys. Pippen left J- Jackson, went to LA, big, all these guys. And, no athlete in my lifetime has accomplished more than Michael Jordan. He's the best of the best in this sport. He, you know, he personal team success, everything like that is pretty much like Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, him and Gretzky. Like, I don't think you could ask more from a career than that. Yet every time I heard him speak and the, the lasting moments of that documentary, I just felt inherent sadness for the guy. And I, I can't really figure out why. And I think it's just like a nice reminder for all of us that no matter the amount of success that you feel or achieve in your life, um, you know, um, feeling happiness from it is up to you. And I just think his, what made him so great on the court is ultimately going to be the thing that leaves him very unfulfilled in life. And that's just the completionist attitude of success. He did more than anyone else could have ever imagined yet. 
it'll never be enough. And I, I just kind of walked away going like, that's so sad. That is kind of the nature of it. I didn't have the same reading, but I do want to unpack that a little bit. Before I do, I was just uh, handed off screen by our, our producer, Elliot, or my, my brother, producer Elliot. There's a doctor, Dr. Feelgood? Dr. Echo, Dr. Echo, Dr. Feelgood, yeah, who actually has an Instagram post about Michael Jordan's eyes and explaining what it probably is. Uh, oh, wow. He's calling them, uh, while the truth is less concerning, because everyone says they think he has jaundice, he says, and while the truth is mm-hmm. a less concerning, it's definitely something we can all learn from. What MJ actually has, in addition to six championship rings, nice one, Dr. Echo, is a growth or hyperplasia of his eye whites called pinguecula, pinguecula, huh? Which is benign, but that's that's the actual reason for it. So thank you to to my to, to our trusty producer Elliot in the form of my brother Chris this time. Thanks, Elliot, uh, who uh, who clarified that. That's it. But it's two things about that. Two things about that. I'm really glad Elliot is embodied, Chris. That's good for us. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't have his ghost roaming without a, a specter being. Like you need you need a physical presence. That's good. Two second thing. Dr. Echo the Dolphin is is a doctor on social media. The speaking, Dolphin is now a doctor. Speaking of Dr. Feelgood, which was probably the thing that created the game Echo. Yeah, I think that probably makes <laughs> oh, a lot of yeah. sense. Lots of drugs involved in the creation of the game Echo. Uh, and and lots of drugs. the only doctor who gave more drugs away than Dr. Echo are uh, is, is Dr. Mario. And he was very liberal with his his just doling out of, of different, co- different colored uh um, I do. I, I want to address this, though, uh, your interpretation of, of Michael Jordan or feeling bad for him, I guess, at, at the end of it or, or feeling sad or sensing a sadness. in Sensing him. sadness. I, I go with that is that I, I feel a lot of sadness coming from him. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I don't think I had that. In fact, especially in the earlier episodes, I really had this sense of uh, when when I heard him talk this like comfort just like a real comfort in in the earlier videos of him like as a kid or as a a young adult playing on the team he seemed always agitated or like a little bit like like gotta get going like raring to go the way he gives his interviews though uh, later on in his life he seems super relaxed and laid back as though he's kind of like okay with it maybe the fact that he has four cigars on the go at every given time has something to do with it i don't know but Okay. I don't. I also don't. I didn't get the sadness as well, and I don't feel quite as bad because I think that's just that's part and parcel. Like you do not reach that level without having that sense of it's never going to be good enough, and of course it means he's never going to be able to revel in in his successes. But I think along the way he had those moments, like when he's hugging the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Nice I got it. Done. Nice. Yeah, well done. Um, and he's yeah, crying and he's like, I've never been this happy. I'm so happy right now. And I think the memory of those moments is really what's going to give him that satisfaction later in his life. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just going to die. Yeah, middle. I, I think all. the thing that mostly, the, the part that like, I don't know, something about that last montage and pretty much that Jordan says, goes, oh, I wanted to come back and we could have won a seventh. And like that whole like opening that he left and just going like, they didn't, they kind of didn't want me back. The situation wouldn't have, and in his mind, he's so sure. He's like, I wanted to come back. I would have won a seventh. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we didn't, it's like, it's kind of like, that is no matter what that will haunt him. Because like in human history, we go out and are back. We leave yeah. our shoes in the ring. Yeah. That's like yeah. a famous thing. And champions are meant to be toppled. And the fact that he never was, I think will always kind of kill him because forever he will have to say, well, who knows what could have happened. And he'll never uh, know. Shit. He'll yeah. never know. You know? Yeah. And I just, something about that was like, oh, that is so, 
he's just I don't know. I don't, also, also, giant men aging is also a sad thing to me because they're always just oh, kind of like man. hunched over they and like look, oh, some of just... those really big boys look very oh. strange right now. Although I will say Isaiah Thomas aged brilliantly. And like well, you said, Isaiah Thomas uh, is my height, <laughs> but yeah, true. Like uh, who? Pat O'Reilly. Pat O'Reilly also aged. Pat Riley. Pat Riley I, is a is a legendary stick man, and yeah. I I just I worry I can't have any of my close associates, male, female, doesn't matter, around no. him no. because they, they I they're his. They uh, that's yep. just they are his, and they is. will be happy and lucky to be his. Yeah, um, lots of money. Said, in you him. said he was dripping sex, I think, in the first oh. time we talked about oh. it. That, that, that and was I'd pretty lick good. it up. I'd lick I, up that pool. Ugh. Whoa. You said, you, that honestly flabbergasted me a little bit. That's maybe the grossest thing you've ever said. Oh, I t- put a straw and just like let me suck it up. Because <laughs> good God. Oh, oh God. man. Um, it tastes like bronzer and like tequila. And I'm in. Bronzer Let's and do tequila. It. I mean, that now I'm back on board. I would put a straw on that. <laughs> bronzer and tequila i'm i'm on board with that um i wanted to to kind of circle back a little bit uh we did last week kind of a an atypical episode uh yeah you myself and your player one i'm going to call her your player one alex with monid played jackbox in in sort of a way to explore some some more creative ways to interact during this quarantine and, and kind of get some some interactions out there i took that game and i i really enjoyed it actually and i actually bought a copy of it for myself and played it with my family and i have kind of some updates to loop back to i'm not sure if you had another chance to play the game as well and maybe we can talk about that a little bit i did i played it again also nice okay so one of the key things that stuck out to me was you had said in your summary for uh the game towards the end of it that it's great you know you don't need to explain to anyone how to turn on an Xbox controller or this and that. And it's all kind of very intuitive. And I agreed with that. I was like, yeah, one person needs to know what they're doing. Everyone else can just kind of play along. Turns out not all families are like that. And I played this game with my family and it was chaos. There was an element of it, which was frustrating because we didn't have a good internet connection. Oh, okay. So, so there was a, there was a lot of lag there and getting connected. Wasn't always as seamless as we wanted, but once the game went, got started, I remember just, I kept looking over at my dad and he's like, oh, oh, Jesus. I was like, what, dad, what's going on? He's like, it's just, this is not fun. I was like, what, what do you mean it's not fun? I'm like, he's, he's like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know what's going on. And I was like, dad, do <laughs> you know you're supposed to like pay attention to the big screen and that tells you what you do on the little screen, right? And he's like, I have to pay attention to what's going on the big screen. I've just been answering the questions that have been going to my phone this whole time. I was like, oh, oh yeah, hey. that wouldn't be fun then. <laughs> no, not at all. And there were a lot of blunders like that. Uh, so it, it turns out it's not quite as seamless and intuitive as maybe we would have imagined as two very smart boys, technologically savvy boys. We are. We're smart little baby boys. Yeah. What was your experience like revisiting? I, I also played with my family and, uh, and the, yeah, the kids, the kids really loved it. And I think the best version of it was played once the parents stopped playing. Yeah. But um my mom stayed till the end pretty much because uh, oh, nice. she was she was in especially like she liked quiplash a lot which is the you know word uh you know creative word game and um but really tko was really where that really shown uh the the t-shirt so we posted uh this week's uh excuse me last week's game of um of uh i shit my pants which was the winning t-shirt in tko one. and uh this year this week's uh winning t-shirt was a picture of an anus 
And oh, nice. it was, says, uh, fuck me, Helen Mirren. Oh, and wow. yeah, that was a real, that was a real winner. It's hard to, hard to, hard to fight that one a little bit. We're so, getting very uh, good at drawing anatomically correct anuses. I think, I think that's kind of the key yeah. to this. We've learned yeah. a lot. We've come a long way. Um, it's, it's, it's actually interesting because I, I went on uh, steam cause I didn't have my Xbox where I was with, uh, with my family. Um, I went on steam and actually bought the most recent party okay. pack. So it's party pack six. Uh, it was 20 oh. bucks, I think, or something like that. Um, okay. The one we were playing was Party Pack 3. Hands down, the one we were playing was better. So really, when you're if you're going out there and you're considering buying a Party Pack, do some research on what is rated as the best one because it doesn't get better with age. It's just a different selection. Um, right. And oh, I, that's I really enjoyed the one that we did uh, uh, last week, Party Pack 3, oh, which is so available funny. on Xbox Live Marketplace. Yeah, and, uh, and Game Pass. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, it, I, you know, it's so funny because you'd go like, oh, let's play NBA 2K. Which one should we play? You'd never go like 17. You'd go, right. what is the newest one? Right, um, right. And so, but I think what's different is just with the Jackbox ones is that like, it's not getting better. They're just getting different. You know, like, yeah. it, like it's just a, and so like, I think you just start with one and you find the ones that you like and you kind of go from there. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, but you know, it's so funny. My dad kind of had the same reaction where like he, he got it and I think he understood what was happening and he appreciated it. I talk about him like he's like super sick or something like that. He has no <laughs> idea what's going on in the world. Like he's a totally fine person. Um, yeah, he, he was there. Yeah, he that, understood. That's, that's going to uh, be on his, on his gravestone. Uh, totally fine person. It's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Don't dig too deep. He's totally fine. He's good. It's fine. Um, but he did the same thing of kind of like, he got a couple of answers and like he, like people laughed and stuff like that. And he just went like, all right, thanks. And just kind of like, I'm going to go watch golf. <laughs> he played for like 30 minutes. It was totally like, I totally understand what's going on. You guys are having a great time. Great. Yeah. And just like, it peaced out. And I was like, well, oh, that's all we could ask for, you know? It seems like that's part of uh, fatherhood is, 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 is being so sad when your family's not around, but yeah. completely indifferent to the fact that they are around when they are. <laughs> But when they are around, mocking them relentlessly. Yeah, uh, that I get. get. But like my dad does the same thing. It's so funny. Like we're, you know, we we go to the cottage and whatever. We're spending time together. We're like, let's, you know, talk. Let's engage. Let's do something that gets everyone on the same page. And he wants nothing to do with it. But when we're at home, he's like, you know, let's watch a TV show. Let's do something like this, this and that. And he needs people around. He fiends it. But God forbid you talk even during a commercial. You can talk during a commercial and he is not okay with it. He's like, I I want you to be here, but I want you to be silent. You're my silent partner in this. I want you to be present physically in this room, but that's it. You know, if you, if you were blinded and muted as a young child i'd be much happier in this situation right now <laughs> i want to like, smell you but if i can hear your fart <laughs> god damn it the wrath of god will come down on you yeah so jackbox you know like i i still i'm excited to play it i can't wait to play it again with other people yeah. um i think people that think like you no matter how what their relation to you i think is kind of an important uh, part of it <laughs> yes you don't want to yeah i'm not going to play with like a youth group or a, a no no, or a youth motorcycle my, gang, if if we're going back to final fight. My uh, my Buddhist Japanese basketball team that I'm on will not probably enjoy Jackbox. So. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They, you know what's the trouble is is uh, when when you have that that Buddhist basketball team is yeah. everything about Buddha is so round and smooth. They I probably know. think that he's just made of basketball players. Yeah, you want to dribble him like a basketball. Yeah, like, you know, I bet you like, could yeah. too. I bet you could. I wonder how many times that sentence has been said is I'm sorry for dunking you, Buddha. 
<laughs> I thought you were just going to say, I wonder how many times the sentence, you could dribble Buddha like a basketball. Has been said. <laughs> and I'm going to get once or twice me saying it right now and you having said it five seconds ago. That's yeah, I'm not going to lie. Buddhists are, are pacifists, but you know, if you start dribbling Buddha around like a, like a basketball, we'll see how, well, that's a good test. It's a good test. You know what? For pac- then they're going to pass their fist to your forehead <laughs> and knock you the fuck out. Absolutely. Charles Oakley style. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Yeah, absolutely. Toronto Raptor Charles Oakley, actually. Absolutely. Ex ex legendary stickman Charles Oakley. Um, <laughs> that's twice down, but man, that guy could probably just rail. Um, <laughs> um, I've got I, a weird fantasy know. about basketball players. Yeah, very much so. It's all coming to the surface. Uh-huh. That's fine. That's fine. What uh, okay. I, I want to know though, since since uh, we played Jackbox, this is the last time we talked. Anything else that you've got in the uh, in the game Rolodex? I I know you said that you've been kind of scrolling through. Uh, game pass like it's netflix and and trying to download all the games and maybe not play any but have you have you settled on any is there anything else you played since then? so i downloaded a couple of games you're kind of catching me at an interesting spot because i'm now actually going to have some time to like play some so i downloaded a bunch literally today um i downloaded brothers um which is kind of like yeah kind of a famously well-received game and so i'm because it's leaving game pass really soon so heads up um so i kind of wanted to get that in uh, I downloaded uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Um, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I, I, da- I downloaded it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how I play it. Uh, oh, doesn't have great... Heads, heads up, doesn't have great reviews. Who saw that coming? How um, is there not a great Power Rangers game? How, how does that not exist? Everything about Power Rangers but, is great. But that's kind of like saying, like, why is there not a good Power Rangers movie? Yeah, like, and, and they tried recently uh yeah. it wasn't good i watched yeah. it because you know um but uh it also also hasbro oh, hasbro bought whatever the hell that company is called and so uh saban saban or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh so i think we're going to be seeing another movie for power rangers coming out soon but the power rangers game is just a fighting game so you know it's a couple power rangers fighting each other the other one too is power rangers has a weirdly deceptive deep lore to it um so like I know the Muddy Morphin Power Rangers, um, yes. but that's pretty much it because then there's like ninjas and and other things like that that goes on. Like Pirates, speed probably rescue, speed rescue, yeah, lightning or something like I'm that. Confused, so though, you're saying that in this game, Power Rangers fight each other? Yes. Why would they do that? I'm I'm not sure. I I don't I don't I can't fully explain this, Mikey. I'm not deep in the lore. Okay, I I'm not I'm not a lorist. If you I'm not were a, a Lorax. Power Ranger, if you were, you're not a Lorax. Well, Jesus, no, you don't I need. I can't hear who's. Yeah. Um, if you if you were if you were a Power Ranger and you fought another Power Ranger and you mm-hmm. beat that Power Ranger, do you think you could, if you wanted, take their suit? Oh, are they like one size fits all kind of thing? Like, do you think they yeah. like touch I and mean, they, let's, they let's, vacuum to your body? There's a lot of belief we have to suspend if we're going to be talking Power Rangers. Let's assume that they can they can fit each other's suits. Do you think they would take like I might try out the pink suit? I might, around. which has a skirt attached to it, which is always <laughs> yeah, an odd yeah. thing. You know, like I, the Mighty. I I don't really. We don't need to get you know wax philosophical about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is such an odd show in general. Like they took the 13th season of some Japanese show and used the cuts of the fighting and then taped American segments in between it. Like, it's just so bizarre. There's a great episode of, of the toys that made us. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, there you go. That show I can't stand. So I just, it's but, so uh, I the, it. Oh, I know you do. I know it's, it's not, it's not a personal thing, Mikey, but you're wrong. But is, uh, 
is the Black Ranger being black and like the Pink yeah. Ranger. It's it's like I don't need to criticize the show that obviously is asking for criticism. Yeah. Um, but you know, fuck Tommy. Can we just all agree on that? Like, I would just, like to, was, man. I would like to. Mm, he's pretty. He's, he's my pretty. Pat Riley. He's my Pat Riley. <laughs> Why did he get so much? Why was he always like the Jesus character of Power Rangers? Yeah, you know, like he's I always think, upgrading. I think they just and... kind of plugged him in to whatever new character was introduced in the Japanese show. Like he just was yeah. able to become that extra character because they yeah. wanted to be able to sell new uh, action figures, and they knew that everyone liked Tommy. I'm pretty sure that's that's basically what they were saying. But... Honestly, that's probably it. Like the Green Ranger and then the White Ranger was so popular among kids, and you know, like I don't know. I I used to love the movie. Who doesn't love Ivan Ooze? You know, but what are you gonna Ooh. do? Yeah. I I. Okay, so speaking of like revamps and and things like that, I, I think maybe yeah. it's about time that we get into into the game that we're going to be talking about this week, which is Perfect mm. Dark Zero, a revamp to a similarly titled game, Perfect Dark, which came out on the N sixty four. It was a rare right. game, and back in the day, Nintendo uh, owned forty nine percent of Rare. I think it was Microsoft ended up uh, purchasing Rare during actually the development cycle of perfect dark zero so it had started off yes. it was planned on being released on the gamecube then it was maybe xbox and then from the xbox to the xbox 360 as a launch title um now this game was so popular apparently that uh it just skipped through your radar you weren't even aware that it uh that it was was a game no so this is the kind of thing that blows my mind a little bit i loved perfect dark i really yeah. it's really an important game for me and uh some would even say seminal but hmm, i i i yeah is it i'm more shocked i am not that not that i didn't play this game i'm not aware of this game and so when we were talking about game pass and flipping your games i was like there's a perfect dark two and you're like it's like you were baffled that i didn't know what the hell you were talking about yeah because this this game was was super popular for me or like like i was it was so on my radar because i wanted the xbox 360 and i was excited for it i thought maybe this was when xbox can actually take some ground from playstation so i was i was not a fanboy but i wanted to see a bit more competition in the landscape and i was so amped for this game to come out because like what more can you ask for as a fan because similar to you perfect dark was amazing to me that, that like that yeah. was be all end all N64 first person shooter for me. I liked it more than Goldeneye. So to find out that I get yeah. to play the sequel as a as a part of this launch title for for Xbox 360, which was this new revamped hardware and high definition and all that was super, super exciting for me. But I do remember it came out more with a whimper than a bang. And it kind of got buried. Like no one really talked about it beyond the scope of its release. So I was interested to go back and kind of get a feel for what the landscape actually thought about this game what was it reviewed like who's still right. talking about it? why didn't they like it what did they like about it and it seems like it was actually not panned the way that i thought it would be the metacritic score was an 81 percent so it was like fairly well received. Um, I know that that some of the more popular uh, uh, gaming company, uh, journalist companies as well. You got one up giving it an A, GameSpot giving it a nine, Game Informer though a seven, mm. IGN an eight point four. So it's kind of all over the place. But it wasn't poorly made and poorly received, or not as much so as I thought. Um, so I'm I'm super curious as someone who wasn't involved in that discussion. Uh, and who didn't play it when it first came out, like yourself, what is your interpretation of this game going to be once we finally sit down and play it? That's that's going to be pretty interesting to me, I think. Well, I, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, 
it's a, it's a very suitable game for a sequel in the way that you could just add more missions and more guns and more enemies. And here we go. There's a sequel. You know, you don't need to overthink this. Um, so I'm kind of curious on, especially now that it's kind of well-regarded, like those reviews were pretty good. Also, yeah. can we just say that every time we say Game Informer, I want to say like Game Informer and then give the score. Allegedly, allegedly Snow stole a watch from, I think one of my brother's friends at a house party because he grew up in our, in our area. What? Wait, were you we're just supposed to move past this? What was going on? Like yeah, yeah, Snow yeah. Anyway, the Rapper, so, who is dark, 15 honestly, years older than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? So a 15-year-older person was at a party and he yeah. stole a watch like that was on a table or like off a guy? No, off a table. It was like his parents' watch. And why do we think it was snow? Do we see him do it? Uh we we don't think it was snow. We allegedly know it was oh, snow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Somebody allegedly saw snow steal something. Yeah, someone allegedly, allegedly saw it. Um, and it, look, it's just one of those stories that you hear and you just rather not question because you like the story. You know what I mean? Like you hear it and you're like, yeah. great. I love it. It'll I love that I can otherwise. have that in my life uh, to tell other people and just besmirch Snow's good name. M- Mikey, for this story, are you the informer? I know someone, but it's a blam, and I like oh the boom God. boom now. Holy shit. Okay, so Snow, allegedly yeah. famous thief. Um, so, okay. Snow, allegedly, could you please give this watch back? I will close my eyes. I will not watch you enter my room, but I would yeah. love to have it back. I won't even return it. I won't tell on you. I won't inform on you anymore, but I would like no. it as a souvenir. Yeah, I, the, the the famous watch that Snow stole. It's <laughs> like a, it'll it'll I take on the them. yeah it'll take on the fame of like uh you know a Fabergé egg or something like that. Yeah, like, why not? This, this, why not? the watch that Snow stole. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I I don't know why I didn't I don't know why I didn't play this game. I don't know why I wasn't informed of this game. Then again, I didn't have an Xbox. You know, I didn't have an Xbox One. Right. I had an Xbox no, Three Sixty. This was Xbox 360. That's that was it was a launch title for the 360. Jesus. Then I have this is even like the, my my story is falling apart faster than Snow's you know story of why he didn't steal a watch. I have no <laughs> idea why I didn't play this game. It's, uh, it is super strange. I remember when it came out, like when the Xbox 360 launched, it, there were there were two main games that you could have gotten. It was it was Perfect Dark or it was Call of Duty. What would have been two? I think at the time probably. I think Call of Duty. Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, yeah. And those were the the two kind of choices, and and I think history will remember that if you chose Call of Duty two, you made the right choice. Like Perfect mm. Dark was kind of thought of as just strange, but it was weird because I remember my experience with the game being very good, and I started mm. to hear people shit all over it, and I thought I don't want to be a part of things that people are shitting on, so I just now bought the fuck Except. out of there. Uh, Except yeah, on Thursdays, yeah, yeah, whatever. Only, um, only but- on Thursdays. Don't tell my mom. Yeah, you're su- you're super into the Gregorian calendar, and you're like, nah, only on Thursdays, man. Um, otherwise, it's disgusting, and I disagree. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is one of those. This is like a great example. Like, I, I can't. This is like finding twenty dollars in the couch because 
I love this game. And then someone told you, hey, they did make a sequel for this. You're like, what? I can't right. wait to go back and play this. Well, normally um, when that happens, though, it's because you didn't hear about it because it's an absolute dumpster sucked. fire. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. that's not the case here. And I remember as well thinking that there was a lot of love and care put into this game. And then looking back at the development cycle, it seems like that was the case. It started off, there was a team of 10 people working on it for the GameCube, and they yeah. took their time with it. They did not try to rush this out. In fact, with the GameCube version, they redesigned Joanna Dark. I remember following that along in 2000. They uh, they they showed like some some concept screenshots of what she might look like. It was very cartoony, and they ended up drawing it back a little bit. Right. But it looked like they were they had enough care to to revisit it and revitalize it, not just to to cash in on it. And it wasn't until it was decided that this was going to be an Xbox 360 launch title that they said, guys balls to the wall pedal to the metal balls to the metal balls on the wall put the pedal back onto the metal squash those balls and get this game out in time to launch with the xbox 360 um that that it seemed like they started to cut corners and in fact they did cut some content just to make sure they released it on time um they oh, were the multiplayer called giamatti oh if only oh um billions billions of balls um, billions be on me <laughs> here's here's a question for you xbox 360 okay. game comes out in 2005 the right. multiplayer the number of people in multiplayer because if you remember on the n64 perfect dark was known for its its basic like it's pretty extensive multiplayer selection where you could have bots yeah. and quite a few people running around the same space guess how many people they'd initially planned on having uh playable in multiplayer prior to having to cut it down to a, another smaller number 15 20? Higher. Higher. Higher? 50? Yes! 50 people. 50 people. 50! Wow! 50 game. unique? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, they ended up cutting it down you imagine? to 32. I could imagine. There were games like Planet Side oh. that were doing things like that around that time, but it was oh, always yeah. a little oh. more hectic. Star Wars Battlefront, I things like that. My... Yeah, okay. I could very You're easily just sitting on my point. Like, whatever. Hey, Andrew, yeah. ask me to imagine something else and watch how quickly I can imagine it. Go go uh I, I'm, imagine imagine your parents being proud of you oh okay oh mikey uh thank you so much for actually giving us something to talk about to our friends and not pretending like you're not just hanging on to your dad's coattails and working at his company go next one next one next one, next one. Uh, imagine happiness imagine happiness <laughs> oh yeah i guess i come home from work and there's someone loving cooking me a meal and and we can hug and embrace and then i'm gonna i'm gonna give some repay her back because I just want to express all the love in the I don't know how to express love. You know oh, what? You're boy, right. I can't that imagine was everything. I cannot imagine everything. Also, My you're imagining a real 1950s situation where you're like, you drop your briefcase and like, thank God she's got the apron on and cooking a little bit. But then I um, made sure to pivot very quickly by saying, I will do something back yeah, for yeah. you. And that probably has to <laughs> Just like any good relationship, you do one thing, I'll do another thing. I'll pay you back. <laughs> It's, Honestly, so that's not far off from how I envision relationships. It'd be so funny if she brings like a pot roast to the dinner and you're like, uh, here's $33. Is that good? <laughs> how, much <laughs> that about groceries? how much is your time worth? Yeah. How much is a, a load of laundry? Let's go. Can we sell at 17 or? <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I can't imagine everything apparently, but okay. I could imagine uh, what it would have been like to play this game in co-op with a good friend of mine and friend of the podcast, Memorex. 
who wrote, oh no, I, I have played this with you. Not this game with you, but I've played other N64 games with you. But Memorex and myself were gamer oh. buddies back in high school. And wow. I remember back in the day, we uh, went to a Zeller's, which I don't know, I don't think Zeller's still exists anymore. I don't think it still exists. Yeah, it was a Canadian department store. Yeah, and uh, we got there early enough on launch day that uh, we were, we 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 secured ourselves uh, an Xbox Secure. each, uh, secured ourselves an Xbox each, and uh, <laughs> I, it was, it was at that age where I had a credit card and I wasn't that familiar with how to use it or how much money I had on it uh, and a debit card. Cause it was uh, 2005. I mean, uh, I guess it was grade 11, grade 10, grade 10. You had a credit card in grade 10? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really know how to use it. So when I went to go pay for this, uh, this, this uh, Xbox, I found out it was above my daily spending limit. So I had to have them hold it for me, drive back home, get some cash, drive back. That didn't work because my debit card wouldn't work. I had to drive back home again and drive. I didn't end up getting the Xbox. I was there at 8 a.m. when it opened or 9 a.m. when it opened. I didn't end up right. getting it home until like 2 p.m. And there were people <laughs> in line waiting to see if I didn't come back so that one of them could get my Xbox. Oh my God, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And then, was it and worth I it? Brought it, honestly, I thought it was, and I brought it home, and and uh, Memorex and I played uh, co-op uh, uh, multiplayer through the campaign, and I have such a mm. specific memory of one point in one of the levels later on. Like, I remember it being overtly difficult at some points, like like the fail states of some missions were were very unforgiving, but there was one point where we had perfected the beginning of a level where there's like two people here and we're like, okay, we're scoping in three, two, one, two headshots, walk around to the side. He gets the person who checks the left body. I get the person to the right. We jump over this thing. Blah, blah, blah. It was like a five to 10 minute succession that we ended up perfecting. And it was, there was so much coordination around it that I was like, this co-op online game idea is going to take off. And I yeah. was, I was all for it. Wow. Not, Did you, ended up doing it. much like Al Gore, you know, inventing the internet. Did you yeah. invent, like, did you prophesize about co-op online playing? I, I think I very much did. And I'm going to take credit rather than the developers at Rare, because I think me as the person who played it definitely has a lot more to do uh, with the people who designed it, knowing that it would be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. How about that? Mikey, profit for all. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I'm going to have trouble, you know, I'm going to have trouble, like, I, I really wish I'd played this game. I think I it's been my like wasted on me. I'm gonna play for this for like a month straight if it's any good. Okay, so let's Re let's envision, relive my youth. Let, let's envision that you are reliving your youth and that you've changed it. You've you've changed your path a little bit. You've seen the light and you've decided to get an Xbox 360 at launch and you've decided to get Perfect Dark Zero with it. What is the thing as little okay. baby boy Andrew or young adult Andrew, as you hold that game in uh -huh. your hands, what is the one thing you are hoping they have transferred over or accentuated in the sequel to one of your favorite beloved N64 games of all time. First of all, laptop gun. Second of all, it's there, um, baby. And more, you got it. You know, yeah, <laughs> laptop gun. <laughs> you know, the second thing that I really thought was really incredible about Perfect Dark was, um, like, whereas Goldeneye, you needed other people to play uh, multiplayer. Uh, whereas yeah. Goldeneye could really, you could fill it out with AI and stuff. And I thought that was like a really cool way of practicing and getting better at the game and, and kind of just like a nice, fun, random way of doing it. The same way that I kind of like when you play like, you know, Age of Empires or something like that. It's like playing against yeah. an AI, you could play Infinity because it's always going to be kind of different. 
Um, I would hope that they continue that. Yeah, they did. They definitely did have bots. Uh, and to be clear, Goldeneye did not have bots. Perfect Dark did have bots. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. If I said that wrong, sorry. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, bots, actually, one of the game design designers involved with the game, his name's Duncan Botwood, believe it or not. Come um, on. Yeah, he talked about the development cycle of this game and the crunch time, like the quote-unquote crunch time that's now become so infamous in the in the gaming industry. And he said, uh, very few people, this is a direct quote, very few people believed we could make launch, but everything came together in time and it was out there for day one. And I think at some point that would have been seen as like, congratulations, we're applauding you, you did it, right. fantastic. Yeah. Now knowing what we know about the video game industry, that's not such a good thing. It's like when Rockstar came out and was like, everyone's working overtime, we're really struggling, we're working yeah. weekends, we're coming and this and that. And it's like, wait, Rockstar, you don't pay your employees bonus pay, do you? Or overtime, like what's going on there? Yeah, 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 exactly. Where I think it's flipped now where people are like, I just want my video game, that's great. You're yeah. going like, wait, wait, it's like, is this, this is the blood diamond of video games? Like, what yeah, am I doing yeah. here? Humans no. are involved in making these? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I don't know, Mikey. I'm super excited to play this game because I it could it could be anything. Who knows? It could be, and I'm I'm pretty curious as well. I think I think time has sullied this game for me a little bit because uh because of all the mm. the, the interpretations of it not living up to its 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 standards that I had heard from the time right. that I played it until now. But I, going back, I, I I feel pretty good. The one thing I'm questioning is it doesn't have a jump button. That's fucking weird. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that holds up. Um, obviously usually, usually what we do in these game or in these podcasts is we look at a game that both of us had played as kids. We review it as we remember it. And then we take a break and play it and review it as it stands up in the modern day. Every so often we like to do an episode like this where only one of us has played it. We call these tour guides episodes. And in this case, I am the one that has played perfect dark zero. I have a very fond memory of it. A, a very lasting impression. It's made a very lasting impression on me, um, for better or for worse. And uh, Andrew does not have that experience. So before we get to our reviews, I think we take a break, we play the game, and then we'll come back and talk about it on the other side. Andrew, how does that sound to you? Uh, buddy, that sounds great. I couldn't imagine a situation uh, better. Maybe other than happiness and uh, your wife cooking you a meal. Mm, well, let me uh, draw you that picture uh, as, as we take this break, and uh, and we'll we'll see you on the other side. Okay. See you on the other side. Can't wait to go play this game. Oh, are you okay? You okay? I, I come on. Home. I walk home. Oh, boy. There she is. And she's... Uh -huh. <laughs> Why did they change the design of her? Um, it's a good question. I think originally they were going to change the design to make it even more uh, like different. And then yeah. they probably just didn't want to bring it all the way back and make it exactly look her look exactly like she did on the N64 version. So they just kept like some of the cartoony elements to her. And, and that's about it. Yeah, I hate it. It's kind of like they sexed her up. But like, you know, like, uh, I, I don't like it. I like it. Oh, you like it? Yeah, it's sexy. Oh, uh, that's weird. So the intro, I always hate when video games do this. The intro has a real life human being. Although it's kind of like, it's kind of like a James Bond introduction, which is, which right. is kind of fun. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Using a real person kind of like just cuts out, undercuts what you're about to do. Yeah. Right? You're going to play the game and go, oh, it looks bad. I always love how they have to say game experience may change during online play. It's like, hey, heads up. You're going to play with some real dickheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> heads up. It's going to change in the way that you are cursed at. And told yeah. yeah. No available games were found. So it's like no one's playing this game right now. <sighs> you don't say. Yeah, right? This music is like a, the Born Identity. 
<laughs> in a good way or a bad way? I don't know. Like, you know, he born in any kind of that like euro EDM kind of, you know, music to it because it was, you know, supposed to be a little different. It's got that exact oh, yeah. same kind of music. Yeah, 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 yeah. That just like music that d- goes nowhere and does nothing. Just like yeah. not worth existing. This track is nine hours long. You're like, oh, okay. She looks like um, Black Widow. Oh, she definitely looks like Black Widow. She's got the red hair. She's got the sol- the one-piece leather suit, which is just bizarre. Um, what the hell? I don't know. I think this looks pretty good. No. It it honestly kind of does. I think I think I'm I'm a little bit. Uh, I, I was thrown off a little bit at the beginning because it looked very generic Xbox 360 graphics, but like now I'm playing as a a, a a gadget. I'm like a little rover robot on the ground. It's it's another little mini game. It just I think what it comes down to is, will these little mini games and the changes and the use of gadgets and everything be fun or is it just a means to an end? Like, is it just to make this look cool, but it's not actually going to be enjoyable? That's, that's what time will have to tell in this one. Yes. I've done this before. Have you done this before? Yeah. Shouldn't you have, I mean, isn't that why you're being sent? Isn't this your first day? (laughs) Haven't shot very many people. Only shot two guys. And boy, did they, boy, did they have it coming. <laughs> Showed them. I love their animation of like, what are we going to do? What's going on? It's like, well, here's an idea. We have some guns. Let's shoot the bad guys. Yeah. And we'll move on with yeah, it. exactly. God damn. First day, everybody. Let's go. Oh, heads up. Um, you can shoot your friends. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just, I just mowed a bunch of them down. He goes, and one of the, the boys line is, what are you doing? <laughs> shot me in the head what is it your first day i've been getting getting a lot of that lately yeah yeah god you too eh um okay this is a very specific question but the the ytv show reboot yes uh, there is something very rebootish about the animation in this and i'm not saying that i'm very right i agree with you a hundred percent actually you know what i will say though is that remember we love the Mission Impossible game on N64? Yes. This breakdown and description and kind of briefing for the next mission makes me think, I'm like, man, this should have just been the best Mission Impossible game ever. Oh, that, you know what? Someone needs to do that now. I, I think there's room for it. I think it could work. And welcome back to the Retrograde. Hello, co-op friend who we did not play very much co-op with together. No. Andrew. No, I, I constant history we've had with Xbox 360 going back to play them is uh, doesn't really work. <laughs> it's really fucking hard. I honestly really think hard. they just turned off the Perfect Dark Zero servers for some reason, which no one thought to email me before they did that. No one. Uh, excuse me, Dr. Ray. Um, yeah, uh, Joanna, come on. Joanna, would you, before you go dark on me, how about you give me a little Ooh. bit of a heads up instead of zero warning? Abs- wow. That was perfect. That was just fucking art right there. Perfect right. dark. Zero. Oh. Um, yeah, also, why why zero? I'm you know what the thing is? I shouldn't say this. There is a ton of story in there into this game. And it's kind of almost hard to pick up on all of it at any one time. 
So yeah, I it don't also, say it also feels like you don't really need to. Like I'm not that interested in finding out what it is, to be completely honest. I, yeah. I remember even dating back to the old GoldenEye games, like and even the old Perfect Dark game on N64, I couldn't tell you what those games were about. I didn't care about the story. It was just like get me to the next bit of gameplay. Totally. And you know, I kinda I kinda said this during the gameplay, but like that level of like debrief or briefing, excuse me, and like kind of ongoing story. It was like, oh man, I want this to be a Mission Impossible game. And not oh, that man. it can't be its own creative original idea. It's just more that it just lends itself really well to a spy game like that. Yeah, you know what? Never mind another Perfect Dark game. Let's just remake that N64 Mission Impossible game. Oh. Which, if you, if you haven't heard our episode on that, go back and play it. A very underappreciated game that still fucking holds up to this day, warts and all. Oh, I, I yeah, it's great because... You know, we have so many first-person shooters out there that's just like, find this, shoot that, shoot this, shoot that guy. I just, the subtlety in between uh, in between finding somebody and shooting them, I just, I kind of miss that. And I wish there was more, like, nuance to these games of, like, yeah. identifying somebody and having to do some legwork and, like, really actually making it a logic puzzle without having it to be, like, a Nathan Drake jump from level to level thing. I'd really love it to be, like, use your mind better than L.A. Noir kind of style game. Well, dude, have you played any of the more recent Hitman games? Like even some of the episodic games that were being released for a while, a couple of years ago? No, but should I? Yeah, I, like what you described, I didn't really play them much. Um, I had my, my, like Hitman for me had its time in the sun and I played it and I really liked it uh, yeah. for, for when I did. And then I kind of just lost it. But apparently it's really worth going back and playing these ones. They came out, I think two years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. My sense of time has been all messed up since I got on the glue. Uh, but it's, it's been, it's been, uh, uh, a long, a long journey. No, no, no. Yeah. Just since I've been on the glue uh, and I went to that, I went to that party, they were serving glue. Snow came. He stole my brother's friend's watch. It's, 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 it's a I'm long sorry, You might've buried the lead. You went to a glue party. What yeah. That? I went to. I went to a glue party. It was, it was a year ago. Uh, but, but it's one of those like glue parties actually are uh, ironically, uh, unstuck in time. Uh, that's, that's very, very common. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. yeah. Was the glue factory at an old horse ranch. <laughs> it was at an old horse ranch where I threw my yeah. copy of red dead redemption Two and said, kill hey. this one as well. Fuck you. Fuck you. How dare you? This is my Joker where now you've gone the other way and I'm like, it's the greatest game of all time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think you should try out uh, uh, Hitman if you get a chance. There may be some on Xbox Live Marketplace or, or sorry, Game Pass. Um, I do think, though, that this has kind of an element of it. Like if you recognize when you start off this uh the the second mission that we played it starts off as sort of a stealth mission and you're not supposed to let anyone know know you're there joanna puts a silencer on and you can kind of play it that way get a little bit of reconnaissance done before yeah. the, the guns start to go off and that's the way that i played that that uh mission in co-op was we had to like we could have done it a lot easier. And as I played through it, I started to remember this, but we wanted to make sure we beat the whole level without getting discovered by a single person. It was like, that was our mission. And that's what made it. It was kind of like we added our own level of difficulty to it, but it was totally doable as long as you communicated. And that was super fun and different from what you'd expect in a, in a game like perfect dark with, with that lineage. Oh, absolutely. I kind of, that's, that's exactly what I'm asking for. Like that level, let me decide how I want to play this instead of like just holding my hand, which is just, you know, every new game that comes out is just so hand-holding. Like, you have to go here, you have to go here, you have to go here. And it's like, yeah, you figure it out. You know? Like, yeah. There, you there, know? Was a, there was an element of that, of this game trying to figure 
out how much to hold your hand and, and how much to kind of let, just let you go. And sometimes yeah. I felt that that worked and sometimes I felt that it didn't, but I liked that they were at least having faith that you could figure it out eventually that the heads up display for the, for the, the, time that this came out was actually pretty intuitive where a mission marker or an objective marker will kind of pop up if you're wandering around aimlessly like if you're looking for it you can see it but it doesn't interfere with the aesthetics of the game itself from moment to moment which is which is very intuitive um but i think i think one one thing that's worth saying about this game is unfortunately we weren't able to explore the co-op element of it but at the time that this came out this was not a common thing to be able to do to go through a a game co-op and and I think that's going to affect our our past scores and and maybe we get into it now uh, to give it its, its retro score. So sure. um, to basically explain what's going to happen here, usually what we do, as I mentioned before the break, is we give these games a rating as we remember them in uh, in our past. Andrew, of course, doesn't have an experience with this game. I do, so I am going to rate it as I remember it. Andrew is going to give it a rating as though he as he would have liked it when it came out. So two thousand five comes around four years past the faded five years past the faded Y2K bonanza. Huh. Uh, we're still, still on our mind, still, still deeply entrenched in the zeitgeist. Still working um, through all those canned beans I'd saved in the basement. Uh, yeah. It was a smelly, smelly time for Andrew. That's for damn sure. Uh, but what does, what does bean filled Andrew post hot on the tails of Y2K think of this game? What do you think? We're rated out of four for me, baby. I, <sighs> Rated out of no. four for me, baby. Okay, wow, Jesus. All right. Um, it's so threatening when it comes out of your mouth like that. Uh, <laughs> is is I, I think I really would have enjoyed this game. It, you know, it feels like it would have been on the cusp of being outdated already at that point. Like a lot of the stuff, animation styles, a, a lot of the pursuits it's going for feels old. And yeah. and probably why it didn't take at the time even though people were generally uh pretty positive about it so i think i would have enjoyed it but what i've been head over heels for it and like oh everyone's got to play perfect Dark zero with me and all this kind of stuff i don't think so um so i'm gonna give this a three uh because it would have been great i would have played a lot of it but it wouldn't have left you know a huge mark on me yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Uh, I, I do get the sense in going back to playing this that it it would have felt like the first-person shooter genre as it was on its way out. Um, and I do kind of remember that as well. I remember getting a new console with new hardware and, and seeing the new graphics and thinking, this has to blow me out of the water in the same way Halo did in 2001, which is four years prior to this game coming out. And at the end of it, just kind of feeling like it didn't do that. Like it was good. It was a fun game. And I thought that the options that came with the game, like the co-op and the multiplayer, that was what pushed the genre forward, but it wasn't in the overall gameplay mechanics, AI and all that. That was done almost better in Halo than it is done now uh, in in this game at the time. But I still enjoyed the option to play co-op. I was a huge fan of co-op. Anything that I could do, split screen multiplayer on the couch. So the, the fact that I could do it online and I was on it was on the cusp of this new generation. I'm giving this one a three out of four as well. I think you're bang on with that. Yeah, I, I yeah, three out of four. I, it's it's a good score, so you can't really complain. But it's just not like that, especially at that time in my life where I'm playing a lot of sports games and like kind of some. I, I think people are falling in love with like the online shooters and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know if uh, let's say a slower paced story driven game would have been the same way. So yeah. Um. So okay, in my current scores, uh, if we both give it threes, that's a six out of eight in our retro scores. Uh, in our current scores, man. 
I just want to say I really like this game. Like I really like this game, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of baffled actually. why. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I, I just I'm kind of baffled on why it, it was forgotten so fast. And I think a little bit of what I said previously has to do with it that it was outdated, and it kind of just it was previous generation that was kind of lost to time. Um, and so I'm kind of upset that it it got lost for that because I don't think you see games like this anymore with this kind of style. Uh, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. I really thought it was a lot of fun. And, and you know, in that training level in the beginning where there's spiders and there's all this kind of stuff, and then they show it's just a, an exercise and then you get into real, like, spy work, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of a relief. That's kind of cool yeah. that they were, like, almost knowing uh, a little play on the genre a little bit. So, man... I'm kind of between two numbers right now, but I think it definitely has replay value. Um, I think it holds up pretty well. The graphics are not bad. The The controls are fine. You could definitely shoot and kind of be in control of things because it has some newer stuff like cover and other things like that. But I'm going to eh, – no, screw it. I'm going to give it a three. It was between two and a half and a three, and I was, I'm going to give it a three. It's really fun, and I don't think it got enough credit for what it did. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I think, you know – you you brought up a good point when you said that this it felt like it was at the tail end of an era for a specific type of game and that's true and i think that this game was was there at that time but you get kind of this weird benefit to being the last good thing of a great generation prior to yeah. it taking steps to become something better is that you get these kind of passed up on versions of the games that were the most updated version of a style of game that you liked. It just wasn't received as well at the time because it wasn't new, but it becomes unlike my glue parties stuck in time because it, it, it is huh. sort of a museum of that era saying like, this is what the first person shooter genre was like at this time. And they don't make games like this anymore, largely because they found better ways to make them. But there is that nostalgia factor in the same way as like going back to a, a 2d uh, platformer there are certain concessions that those games make and certain gameplay elements that aren't perfect but work because they were of a certain time um and and right. whether it's pure nostalgia you know because i don't know if if mechanically speaking it's it's a it's good gameplay to just stand in a room full of people as they look at you and shoot them in the head with a shotgun like there should be something <laughs> yeah. more to it than that but there's something yeah. kind of enjoyable of it uh, to it and maybe it's because we had done it in the past and we're remembering it or maybe it's because it is just still kind of fun now to feel that powerful and not have to work very hard for it i'm i i could easily go back to this game especially if the co-op were working and play through the campaign it's not going to and the my it's not going to be the be all end all. I think I'd probably rather go play Doom Eternal, but Doom Eternal would get a higher rating than this. This one though, I'm right there with you as a three out of four. Wow! So threes across the board, six out of eight, six out of eight. That's a twelve out of sixteen. Whoa! That's a good, good score, score, man. I going into it did not expect that at all. I did no. not expect it. I I expected to revisit it and think, wow. They had some flashy new design elements to the to the graphics. Right. But beyond that, it was a slow-paced, clunky fucking shooter. And when it first turned on and we were in that training area, I was like, yep, this is not worth playing. I'm not enjoying this. But then the controls kind of started to click a little bit. It started to feel a bit more smooth, and the story started to show its head a little bit, and, and, yeah. and I liked it, man. Yeah, you know what's funny? If you go back and play those N64 games, it really is a lot blockier than you remember, especially yeah. when it comes to Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. And it's almost incredible that we really love them the way that we did. But yeah. then when you start this game and everything's kind of rounded and softer and like kind of waxier, you're like, Oh, well, this is way different. So I, I, I will say I'm impressed with it because it didn't go for that, 
realism, <laughs> uh, digital blocky triangle head nonsense yeah. thing. It went for what it could go for, and it looks and it looks good. So I don't know. I totally enjoy this game. I think people should go back and play it. Yeah, I mean, if it's 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 available right now on Xbox uh, Game Pass, that, yeah. again, that's one of the reasons we're doing it. Maybe you can figure out how to get the co-op working. We couldn't do it. Uh, we've yeah. had issues with the Xbox 360 emulated games on Xbox One. Who knows? Maybe the servers have been shut down. Uh, but play it for yourself. Play it on your own. Play through the first yeah. couple levels. And if you don't like those, um, you're probably not going to like the game. But yeah. it's, what, <laughs> 20 minutes of your life? Fucking do it. You spend an hour of your life every week listening to us, douchebags. Yeah. So Why do you think you're so much better than us? Like, Yeah, uh, why do you think that, Mom? Like, get honestly, get it out of your head. What do you think? You're snow, allegedly? Thinking you can't just better? steal watches. You're above what the law, you? allegedly. No. Oh. I'll inform her on you. Allegedly? Allegedly. Oh. <laughs> allegedly? Well, this game was allegedly uh, worth playing, if you're taking our word for it. And uh, and I definitely think you should. Uh, a very surprise showing by Perfect Dark Hero. We, we've been very lucky over the last six weeks of, re- of reviewing some really, like, fun, fun games. And, yeah. uh, and I just, this continues the trend. But this one has to be the most surprising of the Left 4 Dead, Years of War, you know, once I think this is the one that's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This one too, I guess. Definitely. I got to ask you this. Yeah. You can go back and play one game today. Okay. Uh, you got th- two or three, fr- you got one. No, you got one other friend with you. Okay. Do you go back and play perfect dark on the N64 or do you go back and play perfect dark zero on the Xbox 360? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I, um, I got to play perfect dark zero. I, yeah, yeah I right? Yes. I don't think the nostalgia is so strong with Perfect Dark, and I loved Perfect Dark, but I don't think nostalgia is so strong where it's like, oh, it's got to be that or nothing, you know. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I, it's like, it's like saying, should we play Goldeneye or, uh, be, you know, Better Off Tomorrow, or whatever the hell the next one was? And it's like, well, no, Goldeneye. That's there's yeah. a big difference. It's, you know, it's I mean? interesting. It's it seems like it's very much the case where you would play Perfect Dark, the original, for nostalgia's sake, but that shows that even the power of nostalgia that perfect dark has with it does not hold up compared to the mechanical complete playability of perfect dark zero. It, it is a good game. Yeah, it really is. And, and so it's getting a retrograde recommend. Absolutely. Um, and we hope you guys have played it and go out and game pass. And if there's anything else in game pass, game pass or PlayStation now that you want us to play and, uh, help each other out on this time where money's a little bit tight, you let us know and we can help recommend games for you. More than anything, ching baby. More than anything, we hope you're saying stay, saying safe. Oh boy, am I saying safe? You're saying safe. We say safe. Are we staying safe? Okay, good. And I hope you're saying (laughs) saying stain as stain as well. Oh boy, safe and stain. (laughs) Um, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and end it. Uh, Game over. Feel free to review the podcast. <clears throat> Feel free to review the podcast on your platform of choice, and you may hear your review featured on a future episode. Subscribe, like, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Listen direct and find our show notes at theretrogradepod.com. Join us on Facebook or on Instagram at the Retrograde Podcast. Or Twitter at RetrogradePod. And you can always send us an email at the retrogradepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this, make sure you let your player two know it. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, make sure to let your player two know to give us a listen. Let's play again next week. D-Pat. No, that sounds so dumb with a pause. What is wrong with me? Am I have a head injury? Let's play again next week, D-Pads. Fuck it. That sounded good. 
worst ending we've ever done. Oh, it's amazing. Wait, hey, do we do we put something in there or no? I don't think so. I think we do that, and then maybe the end is that was the worst ending we've ever done. Sure. <laughs> that works. That was awful. <laughs>